values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. The Eagles have announced that they are returning to the Footprint Center on March 1st of 2023 for their Hotel California 2023 tour. Tickets are on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but if you want to try to win a pair, head over to the contest page at KTAR.com. Three Arizona nonprofit organizations, the Arizona Alliance for Retired Americans, Voto Latino, and the League of Women Voters of Arizona, are asking a federal judge for temporary restraining orders that would stop ballot box watchers from camping out and recording videos of voters dropping off their ballots. Let's start there. Um, I played for you earlier, and I want to go back to this in a moment. Here's my problem. I understand in some cases why it's done. There is an art. There is a a science to writing headlines. I mean this respectfully. This is not a knock. I mean this respectfully. Um, we do things called teases. It, it, it's uh, tease and payoff is the word in radio. Uh, end a segment by saying what you're going to talk about. Make sure it sounds interesting to get them to stick around. And when you come back, you make sure you pay off what you teased. That's part of the science of behind the scenes. In in uh, in print. In and on the websites, it is always writing a headline that makes you click on that story. So you, so I get it. I understand the the idea of making sure you hook people in. But what we've done is we have relegated people to, um, I'd say, sideshow status. If you are someone who believes that the 2020 election was stolen, rigged, manipulated. You are relegated to being the exact same kind of person that's outside of a polling place right now wearing tactical gear and a bandana over your face. And I can tell you that's wrong. And to the people on my side of the aisle, we form the same kind of ideas for the people on the other side of the aisle. And it's just not a it's, it, we, we, we judge each other in extremes when we disagree. And I think it's wrong because I think election denial at times, is the wrong thing. I'm not an election denier. I'm certainly not saying these things about 2020 because I believe the election was stolen, as I is well chronicled. I don't think so. And I don't like, I was in favor of an audit to settle it once and for all. But I do not like the way the Arizona audit was done. And I think my my suspicions and my accusations and my concerns proved to be true over time with the way it was handled by the company that was hired to handle it. We didn't get any answers that anybody was going to be satisfied with because the company we hired was so one-sided and biased and going down conspiracy theory roads to satisfy conspiracy theorists. Everybody got lumped in there. Although I didn't think – I thought an honest audit would find that there was no stolen election. That's what my belief was, and I believe that the evidence that's out there shows that. But I respect a lot of people. There are people that I am very close friends with that are reasonable. They are smart. They are kind, they are good, and they also believe that 2020 was manipulated or stolen. And we've got to stop with the extremism. We have to stop with the extremism. There are extremists. Acknowledge that they are out there. These people that are out there that are watching ballot boxes dressed in tactical gear are extreme. That's an extreme way to behave. Somehow you've got to prepare for civil war. Because you're out there watching ballot boxes with your night vision goggles and it's the middle of the daytime and, you know, that's an extreme behavior in my opinion. But how about this? I want you to hear – tell me this is an extreme statement. This is Hillary Clinton 
talking about not the 2020 election, not 2016, not 2000 when George W. Bush was named and not elected the president of the United States. This is her talking about the future. We also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. That right there, that right there, that statement is the opposite side of the Q coin. That statement This right-wing controlled Supreme Court. Here's what's interesting, and this I want you to understand the comparison here. Um, Was Ruth Bader Ginsburg a centrist? In your mind, she was the liberal lioness of the court. They made documentaries and musicals about her. The notorious RBG. She is an icon. She is a cult hero. To the left. And she was a far left justice that judged based on her political beliefs and not necessarily the Constitution. And she made statements about it. She made statements during her time toward the end of her life of her disdain for Donald Trump. There was nothing neutral or unbiased about her. Nothing. And yet Hillary Clinton talks about the right wing that controls the court. Who was screaming, where, where was the fear in the in the multitudes of people in America about the left wing court that that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a part of and her personal beliefs. If she's entitled to espouse her personal beliefs wearing the robes of a Supreme Court justice, there has been no one, no one that I've seen on the right that expou- that espouses publicly their right wing views like she did her left wing views. I don't think it's happened. That doesn't mean you don't know where they stand. And how they judge. But to say that one party espouses their political beliefs and they're not supposed to, but the other party remains totally neutral is a ridiculous statement. But you can't tell me that that's not an extremist point of view. If you're going to say when a candidate in Arizona talks about 2020 and a stolen election and Joe Biden being an illegitimate president, Hillary Clinton used the exact same phraseology in describing Donald Trump in 2016, said he was an illegitimate president. She said it. And now she's saying, look what's happened in about 2024. One more, one more. She goes on about what could happen in 2024. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican controlled. Oh, so I guess if they were Democrat controlled, you'd be okay with that. It's an absurd statement. This, again, from a woman who wanted to get rid of the electoral college and go to a popular vote. This is where, when you talk extremism in this country, uh, when you have people, and and, uh, let's talk about the narratives and whether they're justified or not. You've got people right now that are out at ballot drop boxes wearing tactical gear and carrying weapons and exercising their First Amendment rights. And people on the right that are saying 
that um, the election was stolen in 2020 or our advocates for the documentary 2000 Mules are being blamed for the narrative that's causing these extreme people to behave the way they are. What does this do? She was the former candidate for president. She was secretary of state. She was a senator and she was the first lady. She is now telling people on her side of the aisle that 2024 could be stolen from you. The extremists on the Supreme Court. It's the exact same. It's the other side of the same coin. There's no doubt that it's the other side of the same coin. Where are the headlines? And I mean, I'm, I'm being sincere. We've been hearing election denial, election denial, election denial since 2020. I stood up as a Republican and said, knock it off. It's time to move on to 2022. This audit is a farce. I took the heat from my own party. I was as respectful as I could about the people that I don't agree with, but I do like very much and admire in my party. Where are the people on the left that are going to stand up and say, you're being as absurd as they are? If we are saying the right is being absurd in the way they're handling this, you are just as absurd with the things you say. And they're not. What they're saying is, well, the difference is Hillary Clinton's right. Your, your Q, what will we call it? If, it's, if, the, if the right side of this is Q, what is the other side? And, and that's what this is. And there's no way around it. No denying it. Coming up in a moment, um, how bad would it be if we had a light rail strike? And we're going to talk about diesel fuel. Why is there a diesel shortage in America? That's all coming up in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, we've got to talk about the economy as it's been such a big topic. Uh, as I mentioned a few moments ago, I was down in Tucson yesterday speaking to a group of people and uh, driving past the truck stops, you know, between Phoenix and and uh, and Tucson, Casa Grande, Marana, uh, making my way down there and looking at the stark contrast of how much more expensive diesel fuel is than gasoline. And there's a big reason for it. And it's because there is a shortage of diesel fuel in this country. And diesel fuel and its expense is causing delivery companies, all of us, more money because prices have to be jacked to match it. And just happens to be that there was a story written this morning in the USA Today. Medora Lee wrote a story. Diesel supply dwindles with few ways to boost it. How this affects the economy and you. While the national average price for a gallon of unleaded gasoline we put in our cars has dropped by 24% from their record high in June, the price of diesel has only slipped 8%. The prices are high because supply is constrained, partly because of Russian imports. That is part of it because that heavier oil that's used to make diesel fuel is in shorter supply because of what Russia is doing. And the U.S. is banned. Also, oil, but the U.S. refining capacity has fallen over the past few years. Well, let's let's uh, let's let's investigate that for a moment. Why have the refining capabilities? Um, why have they gone down over the last few years? You would think if you're getting so much money, all of these these incredibly obscene profits by the oil companies, that if their profits were um, very high, why wouldn't you want more? Well, if they create more, then the price goes down. Well, it's also the fact that the Biden administration is telling them that by 2035, they're going to be out of business. 
that in less than 15 years, they will be out of business. You, uh, if you run a business, if it doesn't, you don't even have to run a business. I want you to tell me a scenario. I'll give you a better example. This is a great example. If I told you, if you were told that you were going to your car, you were going to sell your car or trade your vehicle in, in the summer. And someone came to you and said, man, you need a lot of maintenance done on this car. Um, and you said, but I'm, I'm getting rid of it in the summer. Why would I invest money in a car that I'm not going to have anymore? I'm giving it away. I'm trading it in. I'm doing whatever. Why would I invest in a car that I'm not going to have in a couple of months? Nobody would do that. Well, because it's the right thing to do. Oh, oh okay. It makes the car safer. The oil and gas industry, the, and this is my biggest defense, my biggest defense is that just a few years ago, and I know everybody hates Donald Trump, and this isn't a defense of Donald Trump, but gasoline was under $3 a gallon. The very same oil barons, the very same greedy, horrible people in the oil companies that are now screaming obscene profits and raking in obscene profits at the expense of the American people were selling you gasoline for less than 3 bucks a gallon just two and a half years ago. Explain it. If it's sheer greed that they could be lowering their gas prices, if that's what the problem is, is greed, explain that to me. Why weren't they greedy for the four years of the previous administration? Why did – why, if you go and look, gas prices in the Obama administration, how they fell during the Trump administration, and it wasn't just here. It was around the world because we were energy independent. Policies matter. I'm not saying you should disagree with the policies, but you also have to agree with the outcome. The Biden administration and their policies have led to much of this, and it is costing all of us a lot of money. I'm not asking you to change your mind about your agreement of their plan when it comes to clean, renewable energy and the sprint in that direction. Whether you agree with my stance on it or not is not the point. You have to acknowledge that it is paid. We are paying a heavy price for these policies. And to think otherwise is just not true. The Saudis blast the release of oil reserves to manipulate markets. This is hilarious. The Saudis are going to lecture us on manipulating the markets. Saudi Arabia's energy ministry on Tuesday blasted the release of emergency oil stocks as an attempt to manipulate markets. Well, Here's what's interesting about this, and you know I don't you don't hear me defend our president very often, but isn't it hilarious that you've got the Saudis saying that America is trying to manipulate the market when the Saudis got together with the OPEC nations and Russia and they decided that they were going to decrease the production of oil by two million barrels a day. Why? To manipulate the price of oil. This is what you're dealing with on an international level. This is why in, in energy independence, as long as the world needs fossil fuels, that we should be energy independent so we don't have to answer to people like this or suffer the consequences for their actions. Hard to argue when it's just a policy argument. Hard to argue against it. In a moment, the Phoenix Police Department arrested 16 people for child sex crimes. We're going to talk crime and punishment and a new law in Illinois that most people are saying is going to be a nightmare. We'll talk about them next. 
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here as always. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, with the headline earlier today, officials arrest 16 suspects in Arizona for child sex crimes and human trafficking. Um, there are certain crimes when committed that um, you know all of society deems them to be evil, and one of them would be any crime against a child, especially a sexual predator. Even inmates in prison are segregated if they are convicted of such crimes because they don't live very long in general population when other inmates find out what they're in for. Um, so we all agree that this is kind of this is evil behavior, but it's the other things that go on that lead to some of these things that are infuriating. Um, when I was married, when my kids were younger, my youngest was a preteen, and um, we lived in a neighborhood. It was a nice, nice neighborhood, and all the people in the neighborhood got a notification that there was a like a level three sex offender in the neighborhood. And there's nothing you can do. They have a right to live there. You just have to be notified that they are there. But it does change the way you think, and it change changes the things you do. Um, our kids walk to school. They lived right around the corner from the school. They would walk to school or walk home. Um, they play outside, rode their bikes. And it was nerve-wracking to think that they weren't going to be able to do that in safety. And um, I, I guess whenever I talk about this horrible topic, I do this as kind of a public service. If you've never done it, um, be prepared to be shocked. Uh, use any search engine you want and just type in sex offender registry. And there are multiple sites that you can choose from, and it's all, it's free. And you can go to those sites, and you can type in your zip code, and you are going to be – Nine out of ten times, you are going to be shocked at the number of registered sex offenders that live in your neighborhood. Now, most of these sites have the feature where you can put your cursor over the top of the the pin in the map, and it will pop up and show you the level sex offender that lives there and what their crime was. I bring this up because... um, I I am also somebody that believes in second chances, that everybody is redeemable. But when you've shown yourself to be violent, there has to be serious repercussions for that. When you've shown yourself to be a violent criminal, um, the Phoenix Police Department has done some very targeted things. And and it's unfortunate, I believe, because I think Phoenix PD is a victim of their own success. Phoenix PD has been doing uh, more with less for a very long time. And they've had to get better and better and more and more efficient in what they're doing. And eventually it crumbles. Eventually crime. Wins because you just can't do it all. But they've become very targeted in what they're doing and attacking violent crime. Phoenix Police Department has, uh, in working in conjunction with ATF, is targeting people that are uh, dealing in illegal guns. If you own an illegal gun that's been modified illegally, or if you own a gun and you are a prohibited possessor, meaning that you are not allowed to own them or have them or be around them because you're a felon, um, they are going after them. If you are someone that deals in the black market, which is a you know a stolen gun, is in you know you stole it, you paid nothing for it, you can sell it at a reduced cost, but it's a premium out on the street because people understand they can't get them legally, so they're going after those people. That's an amazing program. Undercover cops are going online and posing as children and having conversations with adults who are then setting up um, times where they believe they are going to meet a child for sex. What, what do we do with those people? I'm not talking about someone that goes and I still this is still horribly wrong, but someone that frequents or reaches out to someone online and then when they meet them, they find out they're underage. I'm talking about someone that believes that they are meeting an underaged person. 
I I listen to that and I think the level of depravity that it takes to get there. The reason why I'm talking about this is because crime and punishment go hand in hand. And we all understand that these 16 people that have been arrested for this uh, are going to be uh, vigorously prosecuted and probably spend a, a great deal of time in prison, and they should. But everybody that's a victim of a crime deserves justice, especially if you handle it the right way. In a civilized society, we have an expectation that if a crime is committed against you, you're going to call the police. We don't take the law into our own hands uh, whenever possible. I'm not talking about lack of defending yourself. It's we call the police when a crime has been committed. And we don't uh, go and beat somebody up or shoot them or stab them or because they've committed a crime against us. We call the police. The police investigate. They build a case. They make an arrest. They turn the case over to the prosecutor's office, whether it's the municipality or it's the county attorney's office. And then that case is handled by those lawyers, and they're supposed to prosecute those cases. Judges are supposed to adjudicate those cases and make sure that if warranted, those people spend time in jail and or make restitution for the crime they've committed. That's a civilized society. That's the expectation we have. Well, it's not that way everywhere. George Gascone, who was the L.A. County prosecutor, has shown this revolving door, no bail system. Um, they're doing it now in the state of Illinois with this new safety program. They are putting more accountability on the police, more limits on what the police can do, and they are releasing people on their own recognizance. There will be no bail. So imagine, imagine a scenario um, that you've been in or could be in the scenario I was in where I get into a fight with somebody because they're shoplifting and I stop them from shoplifting. And this person says they're going to kill me. This person's throwing liquor bottles at me, trying to hit me in the head with bottles. Um, and I fend them off. And I, and instead of beating the daylights out of this person, which I was more than capable of doing, I let the police handle it. So the police take this guy into custody, and before I'm able to get home and take a shower and take care of the scrapes on my knees that I had, my elbows, from the fight, that kid's already back out on the street, released on his own recognizance, doesn't show up for court. That's basically what happened to me. And you know what it makes you think? Street justice. That's what it makes you think. It makes you think, I should have beat that kid's, you know, I should have I should have taken care of business. And I don't want to think that way. I don't want to live in a society that way. I don't want to fight you unless you force me into a corner and I have to fight. I just don't. And we look at the crime and punishment in our society and you can't blame victims or family members of victims being outraged to the point of violence. I don't want to think that way. I don't even like to talk that way. But what are we what are we doing? What are we doing? You know, the border angle on this human trafficking thing and the despicable behavior. But, you know, the cops are doing the best job they can, and then they make cases, and because of either a shortage of prosecutors or laziness of prosecutors or just bad policy by prosecutors, they're not prosecuting these crimes, and criminals understand it. You understand when you were a kid, when you were taught a lesson or the lessons you teach your children, that if you don't correct them when they're young, they are bad when they get older. When you set a precedent, when you tell your child, if you do that again, you will go to your room and you'll sit there for an hour and they do it again and you warn them again. They understand that I, I'm going to get a warning. I'm going to be able to get away with this for a while. But when you set a precedent, 
We all understand that corrected behavior matters. And I'm as discouraged as I've ever been when it comes to crime and punishment because the Phoenix Police Department needs more officers. They're doing God's work, I think, by getting these dirtbags off the street. But we have to have um, – there has to be equal um, enthusiasm. And so, we, you know, we've got a big race coming up for county attorney. There's a bunch of other races out there, and we have to choose wisely. I think we need to make sure people have policies that if the police are making arrests and you're committing crimes, especially violent crimes, we are going to make sure you go to prison. We are going to make sure that you do time. That's the only way you get a handle on this is if we aid the police who make the arrests and their work doesn't go unanswered. Their work doesn't go for nothing, that the crimes are punished. And I hope it happens. But what's happening in Illinois is going to be a disaster with this new law. It's going to be a disaster. Coming up in just a moment. We talk about the border, a bold statement from the president of Guatemala saying the White House is not helping at all, not just at our border, but at his. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. Um... Interesting. I told you how much I love social media, and I really do. I genuinely like social media, and there's someone that I've had frequent battles with. Um, and I, I railed about the election deniers, and I said a couple of things. And I'm going to get to this other topic in a moment, but I said a couple of things. I said, number one, I don't believe the 2020 election was stolen. I also believe that the Arizona audit was a farce because it was run by a company that was too one-sided, and I battled my own party on it. And then I went on to play audio, recent audio, of Hillary Clinton saying that the 2024 election is going to be stolen, and I called her an election denier. And somebody that battles with me on, on, on social media often said, I'm too MAGA. I just said the 2020 election was not stolen and that the Arizona audit was a farce. What part of that is MAGA? Oh, the part where I said Hillary Clinton is doing the exact same thing by saying the Republicans and the evil Supreme Court are going to steal the election in 2024. Two sides of the same coin, and you just have to deal with it. And if you don't want to deal with it, call me names. That's what happens. Um, Let's get on to the border. The Guatemalan president says Biden administration refused to help him deport illegal migrants bound for the U.S. border. So the Guatemalan president said the Biden administration refused to provide Guatemala with the tools to deport illegal migrants heading to the U.S. in an exclusive interview. Um, He told the the reporter that he'd requested that the Biden administration move its deportation planes and buses to Guatemala for the country to use in returning illegal migrants to their home countries before they reach the U.S. He said it would save the Biden administration hefty costs of such large migration waves and allow migrants from faraway places to go home immediately. Guatemala hopes to deter such actions by working with the Biden administration to deport them as soon as they can. And they did not. This is according to the Guatemalan president. Um, and now we uh, uh, another story that seems to be a very frequent one. A Texas man is charged after officers find 84 illegal immigrants being smuggled in a dump truck. Um The border problem is as bad as it's ever been, and they continue to tell us it isn't a problem. They continue to tell us that uh, the issue here isn't um, them. 
it's uh, uh, economies crashing around the world and other things. The problem is that we are not holding people accountable. I, I've talked about the media quite a bit. I've talked about what I believe the responsibility of the media is. And if you're going to go after one side, if you go after the topic, and if people on either, if you're going to call somebody an extremist, well, let's go back to the other topic. If you're going to call somebody an extremist for being an election denier. That is just not facing the facts. Hillary Clinton has not only denied the 2000 election, that George W. Bush was not elected. He was appointed by the Supreme Court. Um, And she then denied 2016, calling Donald Trump an illegitimate president, her words. And now she is saying that Republicans are going to steal the 2024 election. She is the epitome of an election denier. If you are going to marginalize people on the right – including the former president of the United States, as an election denier. You have to do the same thing here. Well, the difference is January 6th, Hillary Clinton is saying that the Supreme Court is going to steal the election. Have you seen the people that were camped out in front of justices' houses? There was a guy that was arrested that was going to murder one of the Supreme Court justices over the abortion ruling that got leaked that wasn't supposed to. If you're going to go after a topic, which is election denial, you have to do it on both sides. When it comes to the border, how is this not the biggest story in America outside of the economy? When you are hearing about the human trafficking element, I told the story yesterday, the disturbing, despicable, disgusting story of women that made their way across the southern border from Cuba into Mexico and then north into the United States, only to be trapped by the cartels and enslaved and forced into the sex trade, forced into working in strip clubs in the Tampa area, and then forced into sex, uh, you know, selling and prostituting to try to repay their debt to the cartels. And uh, the attorney general in Florida said it was the worst case of trafficking that they she had seen in a very, very long time. How is that not one of the biggest stories ever? Now we're hearing more and more these po- local police agencies are dealing with. And I'm not saying that all of these cases and what they're finding here in Surprise in Phoenix, Arizona, are, are directly connected to the border. But we know the fentanyl is. We know what the disaster is. The thousands and thousands of people that are dying because of fentanyl. It is being brought across the border illegally. That is part of the problem, not having the border agents to stem this tide. This stuff is the truth. Now you've got the president of Guatemala. You remember the vice president said that she was going to work with these nations to make sure they had the resources they need. They asked for resources in Guatemala, and the president of Guatemala is saying we were told no. We wanted the planes. It was going to reduce the cost, and we were going to deport people from our country before they got to yours, and they told us no. We've got to remember those things. Coming up just after 11 o'clock, Lisa Graham Keegan and the governor's program, the summer school program, and the statistics. We'll talk about schools in Arizona coming up next.